Hello and welcome to the Call Yourself a Fan podcast. My name's Mike and I'll be talking to real football fans about their club. Football is not always trophies and glory. 99% of it is misery, frustration and of course some good laughs along the way. We'll cover embarrassing mascots, disgusting pies, all leading up to that dreaded worst 11 and a little bit of trivia in between. Founded in 1865, this club are now considered the oldest football league club in England and were one of the English football's powerhouses in the late 70s and 80s, where they won the First Division and European Cup, not once, but twice. Success has been hard to come by since then, with the team bowing out of the Premier League in 1999, and they're yet to return. They've mainly been a mid-table championship side since, and also spent a few years in League One, with some questionable owners and managers. They find themselves challenging for a playoff place right now, and the fans are certainly hoping that the glory days will one day return. It is, of course, the Reds, Nottingham Forest. Joining me today is a Nottingham native who left his East Midlands roots to grow up in the beautiful South. He graduated from the University of Portsmouth, gaining a degree in business studies, and he currently works in IT sales. He comes highly recommended with one co-worker complimenting his ability to master the ability to work with vendor and distributor synonymously and always putting customers' needs at the centre of the workflow. Very nice work. <laughs> He's got a brother called Seamus, and his family own a successful condiment business. Welcome to the show, Ben Coleman. Thank you very much, Mike. What, a, um, what an introduction that is. Um, I think when Michael Buffer retires, I think you probably could uh, <laughs> put your name forward to, uh, to announce the boxes um, as you enter the ring. So... Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. I feel pretty honoured um, to be invited um, and be the first championship representative of um, your uh, your podcast. Um, it's about so bloody yeah. time, isn't it? It's about it is. time. It is. We had, uh, um, I th- ties in quite nicely with the championship coming back this weekend as well. Although this show will go out before the round mm-hmm. first round of of games, you're looking forward to to coming back. I am. Um, I think if you'd asked me probably maybe a week or so ago, I probably wouldn't have been too excited. I think that, you know, everybody says around football really is about the fans being in the stadium, going down the pub, going, you know, grabbing a crate on the way to a game. Um, and, you know, without that, is is football really the same? Um, but last night, so the day, obviously the day before we recorded this was the first, um, first day that the Premier League was back. And even up until the game, I wasn't particularly excited at all. Um, but during the you know the first game wasn't exciting at all. But during it, you know, excitement levels were getting higher. Um, and yeah, looking forward to um, to Saturday when um, when we play Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, see, I was the other way around because I felt kind of really excited beforehand, and then just that absolute you know almost damp squid of a game, which was um, Villa against Sheffield United. And um, did you listen to it with crowd noise on or off? What what was your view? So, so I, I, I mixed around a little bit. I started, so the Sheffield United game, I started, or Aston Villa game, I started with with the crowd noise on and I thought it just sounds a little bit gimmicky um, and then flicked mm. over to the other channel um, and it was really difficult to, I thought it was really difficult to listen to and I found myself looking at my phone more than actually watching the game because it yeah. felt a bit like a training game, which is what everybody's been saying anyway. Um, so obviously flicked back um, and then when it came to the City Arsenal game I thought it was much better I don't know if they spent more mm. money on on um, you know the sound the fan noise was better there was like chanting you could hear yeah. the fake Arsenal fans singing and, and um, obviously City fans as well 
So I thought it was a bit better. What did you? Um, yeah, what did you think? I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think the yeah Villa clearly hadn't spent a lot on on it. I, I think like there weren't many chances of the game really, but I think you know there was just this sort of like one or two second delay, <laughs> which was quite amusing. But the City game, yeah, was good. But I just felt it was too you know eerily quiet when you were watching it without that fan noise yeah. and um you know, when i watch football when it's not a club I, I necessarily support is that i don't you know i'm not glued to the game like it's on you know and i'm watching it and i know what's going on but you know i will sort of look away or not necessarily concentrate on it as much and um yeah i find you know the the crowd noise almost gives you that sense of what's going on if you're not watching the game you know if the crowd mm. noise picks up you might then start concentrating on again but with the eerily quietness it was just you know you just hear heard the ball being kicked around it was odd i had that i had a bit of that in the the first game yesterday i popped popped out into the kitchen um mm. and there was an almighty scream coming from the television as 10 seconds after a shot went wide um in the, in the Sheffield <laughs> United game i thought you know ea sports won ben coleman nil <laughs> um, to uh, so so yeah so um, hopefully it will improve and I, I don't know what they're planning to do with the championship so we've got a few games on um, on Sky so we've got um, I think the first one's Huddersfield uh, we've got Fulham confirmed on mm. Sky now as well and then I suspect we'll probably have Derby as well um, you guys have got one as well so I don't know yeah, yeah, I, I mean, as uh, yeah, well, as a season ticket holder at Millwall, I mean, I can watch every single game home and away on the iFollow account. Um, but I'm not sure if they've got crowd noise or not. I, I don't know yet, so we'll see. We'll see on Saturday. But yeah, we've also got a couple of games on Sky. Um, off the top of my head, I can't actually remember who they're against because I've got access to them all anyway, to be fair. Mm. But um, yeah, but I think you'll be able to, well, you could buy the game. I think it'll be 10 quid a match, isn't it? So you Mm. could. Yeah, it is. So Mm. what what are they doing with your season ticket then? Are they um, giving you access with, to to I follow as a result of having that, or can you sacrifice that and, you know, put it towards the academy, you know, the money that you would have spent on the season ticket back towards the academy? What? Yeah, that, there, yeah, so you can request a refund, which then you wouldn't get access to, obviously, the iFollow. And they give you, like, one code that you can only use on one device to, like, save people mm-hmm. from, obviously, um, sharing that around. Um, I, uh, yeah, they, they're putting the money back in your pocket, I think. I'm not sure they're doing anything with, with giving it to the community. But, you know, for me, I'm in a fortunate position where, you know, like... I don't need a refund and I want to watch the games. Like I'd rather keep the money in the club. But I think, mm. you know, those fans that if you think of the older generation of maybe your 75 plus or, or whoever who aren't potentially computer literate, they wouldn't have a clue on how yeah, to like use iFollow and stuff. So they should probably get offered a refund, but mm. uh, who knows? Who knows so, so, so what, what for, what Forest have done and I'm mm. probably, um, probably talk about this a little bit later on anyway, but what they've done is they've given the, the, the fans four options, um, one of which is a refund. Um, suspect not many will be taking that unless they've got their own financial you know, concerns and issues. Mm. Um, but the, what they've said is it's almost been a bit of a plea from the, the chairman to, to um, sacrifice it, you know, put the money back in the academy due to financial fair play. So yeah. again, something we might cover a little later on, but we, we were stung by financial fair play few years back and the club just you know we're trying to push for the Premier League at the moment we can't get can't afford to get stung again should, should we start anyway with a little amusing story of your footballing supporting life why not why not so um it, it, 
actually references the chairman that I mentioned um, a minute ago. So um, to set the scene a little bit, um, as, as you kind of said in my intro, I actually live and work in the South now. So get to games when I can. I've managed uh, about 10 this season. Um, but what, what the club are quite good at being quite good at is that we've got quite a good following across the world, whether that be, you know, down in London near where I am or uh, over in New York or, you know, somewhere um, overseas. Um, and what has been quite good is that uh, on, ma- on some match days, certainly when we're on telly, um, a group get together. Uh, we've got a, 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 almost a local pub uh, where people get together, you know, like-minded people. Um, you know, we had a five-a-side team a few years ago, which folded after winning zero games, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, the less said about that, the better, really. Um, but the amusing story reference was one of the, the, um, the meets that we had, which was, I think it was 20, it would have been the end of the 2016-2017 meeting. Um, we had Ipswich on the uh, last game of the season. Uh, we needed to win to stay up. We eventually won 3-0, which um, was a good result. Um, and I went there on my own. It was, a, I think it was lunchtime kickoff. Um, and there was probably around 60, 60 odd fans. So quite, you know, quite a few in the, um, the blue I've made in London Bridge, if you know the pub. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Millwall, Millwall territory. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of them. Um, down there. So yeah, so I was stood near the bar, got there a bit early, stood near the bar, um, stood ne- next to a few people that I recognized, um, you know, insert your name dropping sound clip now. Um, but there was um, Matt Ford, you know, the comedian. Yeah. Um, it's often on on Dave, uh, Vicky McClure, who is uh, she's most you know most notable in in in, um, in line of duty. Yeah. Um, her partner, who's uh, now a director of the club, but is a, a, t- a film producer. He pr- produced the um, I Believe in Miracles film about Brian Clough and that era. Mm. Um, and then there was this this biggish biggish bloke with them. Um, looked a bit like a tag along, was a bit out of place, um, almost a bit emotionless, really. Very, very chatty. Um, probably a bit, fair to say, concerningly chatty, asking my opinions of the club, um, yeah. the mess we were in. You know, what did I think of a certain, you know, certain players that were playing? Had you, um, had you had a few beers by now? You know, was it kind of that rambling or was it quite, you know, coherent chat? Or? I'd, I'd had, yeah, I'd had a few. Um, yeah, you know, it's last game of the season. You, you know, you want to get a few inside, you don't you? And yeah. it's a big game, so settle the nerves a little bit. But um, he was asking so many questions, loads about the re- regime, loads about the ownership, loads about the players, all this, you know, all that. And, um, mm. you know, went 1-0 up. Brett Sombolonga um, scored a penalty. Um, obviously, there was limbs and, and beer everywhere. You know, not long later, we, we scored again. Uh, Chris Cohen scored a great goal. It was a deflection, but it was a great goal. And he having been pretty emotionless, seemed to have the biggest cheer out of everybody. And mm. it just seemed really, really bizarre. Britt goes on to score the third. Um, and, you know, throughout, he's still asking me questions. I thought, I, feel, I almost feel like it was a bit of an interview. I feel like I'm, you know, it feels like this, this game, yeah, you know, call yeah. yourself a fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was, um, yeah, just, it was just all a bit bizarre. Mm. Um, at the end of the game, you know, he was fist pumping. Um, offered to buy a few people beers, offered to buy me a beer. In in hindsight, I probably should have taken it. I didn't. But, you know, after after the game, still celebrating, jumped on the train on the way home. I just thought how bizarre it was. Um, on the way, I think it was on the way to work a couple of days later, I got a ping on my phone and opened it and it was from it was like BBC or Sky or one of, you know, one mm. of those. And this guy's face was on my phone. Right. And 
I was so confused, really, really confused. And it transpires that the bloke that I've been speaking to was the guy that was two days later, three days later, was announced as the chairman of the club. And I think he was just kind of digging um, with a few, you know, a few fans in the pub just test to see what we liked. Yeah, test the water. Mm. So yeah, I guess my claim to fame is that I am the reason, the sole reason that we've impl- improved as a club over the last few years. Um, without, without my input, I say that tongue in cheek, but without my input, I don't think we'd be where we are today. Um, mm, but he's, okay. you know, he's, 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 he's done well for the club. He's, um, and he's... Got in comparison to what you have had, I suppose exactly. It's, exactly. it's not hard to do to better than that. Exactly, he's got he's got a pretty good um, good list. And again, here's some name drop. But um, he's a lawyer by trade. It sound like I'm doing an intro to your pod, but he's a lawyer yeah. by trade. And um, Wayne Rooney, David O'Leary, Sir Bobby Robson, a few of his mm. clients. So um, okay, yeah, pretty, smart, pretty smart cookie, very smart. Fair so, yeah, so that's very um, interesting. Uh, I th- when you sent over the questions earlier on, it was name an amusing story. So I think that for me, that's amusing. And as I said, mm. I'm the sole reason why we're doing a bit better than we did. There you go. Forest fans, you have Ben Coleman to thank. And yep. his brother, Sh- and his brother Seamus. Brother Seamus, um, yeah. Or Shay to his mates. Or Mus. Could be Mus. No, too, too much. <laughs> um, great. So, yeah, I suppose we've already discussed a little bit about the season coming back together, but, you know, Forest find themselves in the playoffs at the moment. Um, you know, I think four or five points into, into the playoffs as well. So in a quite relatively solid position. Um, what's the plan for the next season? Do you think it will be, you know, cementing that position? It's a probably top two a bit too far away. So I think there's nine games. Well, at time of release of this, there'll be eight games. Mm-hmm. So we've got Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. Um, the games that we've got, it's actually a bit of a mixed bag in terms of what we've got. So we've got we've got Fulham, who are obviously doing pretty well at the moment. They're up there. Um, we've got mm-hmm. some uh, some difficult games against people that are fighting for their lives, which at this time of the season is, um, you know, the, the teams at the bottom are as um, as difficult to play as the teams mm-hmm. at the top. So we've got the likes of Stoke and um, on the last game, uh, Barnsley are there, Huddersfield. So um, obviously you know, going into um, going into Saturday, obviously you know difficult game before lockdown. Oh, um, here we go. <laughs> I was waiting for this. I was waiting for this. I, I was Do carry gonna, on. <laughs> I was going to write in the intro. Actually, he's still dreaming of that Matt Smith hat trick. <laughs> yeah, it's, Matt, Matt Smith's a guy we always struggle against. We can't, you know. And then another player we do always struggle against is Jordan Rhodes. And you know, mm. that, um, we've got them as we keep saying this this weekend and earlier in the season. Sheffield Wednesday beat us four 0 and Jordan Rhodes mm. got a hat trick in the first half. So um, that, despite them not being particularly good. Um, He's probably going to play on our minds a little bit. So, I think in answer to your initial question, mm. I think it'll be being, being in the playoffs would be the ideal position. Um, mm. By the end of the season, I don't think I think the top two are out of reach. Although mm. that said, the, the teams that we've beaten this season, you know, if you look at the top, we unfortunately lost on the opening day to West Brom, where Aro Muric threw the ball in his net twice, um, and then in the away game at the Hawthorns, we. Um, uh, Matty Cash scored a late equaliser with the referee being horrendous. Um, Leeds we've beaten and drawn against. Brentford we've beaten 1-0 twice. Fulham we've beaten. So we do compete with the, the better teams. I just think it's probably a little bit too um, too far off given you know, we've only got nine yeah. games to go. Mm. Do you think they're good enough to go up? Say you got through the playoffs, do you feel that team would need a lot of strengthening to survive in the Prem? 
I think we probably would. Um, mm-hmm. We've had a, a bit of an identity change in the last few years. Um, we've had loads of managers all put their different styles on the on the um, on the team. We set seem to settled and and um, Sabri Lamucci, who's in charge at the moment, is feels like he's unified the, the, the fan base a lot as well. Um, we do sit back and we do 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 well on the counter, um, but I don't think that'll be enough in the Premier League. Um, you know, Lewis Graben, who's been really good for us this season, um, top scorer this season, um, he's on his own. And mm. I don't want to dig at current players, but um, he's not done it in the Premier League before um, no. at, at several attempts. So I, th- I, I, I think, you know, give him a go. I'm happy to give him a go. But I think we certainly need to, to strengthen. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think it will be very, very typical for us to get in the playoffs, get in the play- to the playoff final um, when no fan can go. Because <laughs> you, I don't know if you, you clock this in your research, yeah. but we're one of very few teams that have actually been to the new Wembley. In fact, there's only there's only what well, we're one of seven not to have gone to the new Wembley. So it would be very uh, very no, forest. So it's I'll, I'll tell you them. So it's Blackburn, Ipswich, mm. Accrington, Stanley. Who are they? Um, mm. Oldham, Colchester, Crawley, and then Bournemouth and Newcastle have only been there because they've played Spurs. Yeah, not not because of cup finals or anything like that. Let's talk about you as a Nottingham Forest fan anyway. We, um, you know, as we mentioned uh, earlier, you know, you're from that neck of the woods. Is that the reason why you support the club or is there some family ties there as well? Yeah, exactly that. So I think with football, as you know, you're either born into it or not. Um, and as you said, I mean, I was born in Nottingham. My dad follows Forest. My granddad follows Forest. You know, my granddad's always wired into the radio, listening on match day. My, mm. my dad used to follow them home and away. He was... Um, unfortunate to be at, um, at Hillsborough during the Hillsborough, Hillsborough disaster um, right. on April the fifteenth. Um, you know, people forget that, that it was Forest um, against uh, Liverpool. They, you know, people often think it was Sheffield Wednesday, um, and, and you know, obviously, rightly so. Liverpool get all the um, the headlines there. Um, so he's followed Forest home for years. So naturally, it made sense for me to be Forest. And then again, you mentioned it in the intro. I moved down to to Kent, um, down south, um, and that was at a time when we were flirting with League One. And the rivals for me at the time seemed to be Gillingham because they were in, in League One as well, and it was the local club. I think Don mentioned Gillingham last week. What, what year was? What, year, what year did you move down? Two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Uh, um, okay, around yeah. then, yeah, end of two thousand and three. So, um, yeah, a few seasons um, down there. Um, and I think because I was the only Forest fan in the school, you kind of end up being, when, you know, when, when Forest are playing somebody or you know, somebody else's team, you kind mm. of tend to be tend to be the focal point when you get you know getting berated or abused, and yeah. it kind of builds a bit of a, a bit of a, a stronger affinity with the club, um, mm. I'd say. So, um, and then yeah, I, I think you, once you've established a football club, you, you don't change, do you? No, no, no. Especially if you were going very regularly when you were younger as well. I think that that was the yeah, clearly it's in it's in the Coleman blood. Um, or unless or unless you're Dominic Bailey and um, you know you decide that after a few years you fancy sporting Crystal Palace, then um, <laughs> oh, he's had a dig. He's a, there's the dig. Ba- the dig's in ba- there. Don Bailey, respond to call yourself a fan podcast at gmail.com. I'll read out the response next week. Let's start some beef on this show. Yeah. Yes, let's let's, some, let's uh, get your 
Get your followers up on Twitter. Let's get some beef going. 30 day age beef. Um, (laughs) um, Great. So, yeah, I mean, we've mentioned the chairman. um, Well, not his name yet. um, Prior to the one that you met in the in the pub. But I mean, there's been some obviously quite interesting managerial appointments and owners over the years of your time supporting Nottingham Forest. And it's you know, been a bit farcical at time, hasn't it? Um, I imagine you've got a few stories about the the kind of topsy turvy nature of being a Forest fan. Yeah, it's 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 been generally in my lifetime. It's been generally negative stuff to do with Forest, and and most of it, I, I think it's fair to say, and a lot of Forest fans will agree, a lot of it has been down to ownership. Um, a few years ago, um, when a guy called Fawaz Al Hasawi mm. um, joined, you know, joined the club as as owner and chairman. He was a Kuwaiti businessman um, selling refrigeration units. Um, and it was not long after the, yeah, I guess, the city era of, of getting all the oil money injected into the club. Um, yeah. There was a big sense of, um, I guess, sense of positivity and think, you know, think we're moving in the right direction. Uh, we're going to get loads of injection and we're going to get the best, you know, the best players in the world. We'll have our own marquee signings. Um, and it kind of just didn't happen. Um, refrigeration is a bit different than oil but i'm not i mean it's (laughs) you're you're right but he's he's got a lot of cash behind him Mm. and a Mm. lot a lot of cash behind him um and it just yeah it was just kind of it's just embarrassing it's just been really been embarrassing to be a bit of to be a fan over the years Mm. um you know going into the um into this podcast i just had a quick look online to just remind myself of some of the farcical moments um, that we've had. Um, I'll mention one of them in my 11 towards the end of the show, but, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the constant merry-go-round of, um, of managers, um, I think we're probably, it's probably fair to say that we're quite similar to, to the recent years of Manchester United and probably Arsenal. Um, you know, Brian Clough was manager for, mm. um, for I think it was 18 years. Um, and since that, then when he left in 1993, we've had 33 different appointments. That's um, crazy, yeah. Just because you, you just, it's, it's been difficult to follow in his footsteps. You know, his, his shoes are very big and difficult to fill. Um, and we never quite got it right. Um, it was a lot of, you know, a lot of hire and fire. You think you've mm. got the right man. Um, they bring their own identity to the team. And then they're chopped you know, a few weeks mm. later, or in the case of Alex McLeish, um, a few days later, um, which is is just quite it's just quite difficult. Um, mm. It's it's just as I, as I keep saying, it's been a bit of a mess really. So um, we've had incidents like Sean O'Driscoll as an example. He was sacked on Boxing Day mm. um, after beating Leeds, which you know, beating Leeds is a, a big result, yeah. big team still, um, and to be sacked after beating them is is just ridiculous. Um, there's, there's been countless cases of transfers. Um, Oliver Burke being one, we sold him to RB Leipzig for a sizable amount as he was just mm-hmm. coming through the youth. Um, you know, finally get a youth prospect that's starting to put an impact and a mark on the team. And we, he yeah. sold um, without the consent of the manager. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was Stuart Pierce was in charge when we we, we ended up selling. Uh, Carl Darlow and, and Jamal Lascelles to, to mm. Newcastle for only seven million, which um, five years, five six years ago, whenever it was that they went, probably even longer ago than that actually. Now, um, it's just it's just no money at all. You know, you're expecting yeah. seven million for maybe each of them, not combined. Mm. Um, there was an incident that probably wasn't widely spoke about outside of the Forest community, and that was 
Um, a couple of days before the start of this one season, uh, we didn't have the correct safety certificates in place, um, and therefore our capacity was um, was set to zero, which <laughs> is you know obviously very similar to what it is now. Maybe we would have had fake fan noises, um, but it was sorted a day, you know, a couple of days before um, the start of the season. Um, pay, payments weren't being made to to staff, and um, it was just, it's just a mess. It's just, yeah. it's just embarrassing. Um, and then you know, we thought as soon as he goes, it, it's, it's great. And um, Evangelos Maranakis has come in and he's, he's made some, I'd say he's made some shrewd appointments um, in terms of management. Karanka mm. came in. Uh, he had, I think he came in when Warburton was in. Um, mm. And then he had, uh, then he brought in Karanka. And I don't think they quite saw eye to eye, but um I, th- I think there's a bit more ambition when you bring in someone like Aitor Karanka than yeah. someone like maybe Stuart Pearce, who, okay, is, is iconic in terms of the hero, hero status at the club or Dougie Freeman. It's a bit, or- bit old school, someone like Pearce now, isn't he? I think, you know, Karanka's kind of a bit more of a sort of modern day manager. He, he is. Um, he is. And I've always, I, as much as I like Stuart Pearce, you've got to mm. question his management when he. You know, brought on. I think, do you remember he brought on David James as a striker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he had a shirt made up with James One on the back and outfield shirt as if it was a plan. Despite mm. having John Macken on the bench and a couple of other strikers <laughs> on the bench, it's just you know, it's, it, people like that. Then you know, they should stay away from management um, and remain <laughs> and remain, remain a legend. A le- remain yeah. a le- remain a legend. Exactly that. You know, so we've, we've we've just had so many. It's just difficult to name everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like I say, Marinakis came in, brought in Karanka. Um, there was a few issues with what, what I believe to be transfers and, and decisions and says on transfers. Um, and now we've, um, having gone to another legend in Martin O'Neill, we're now with Sabri Lamucci and um, things seem to be going well. And as we said, it's um, you know, we've got, at least we've got something to play for towards the end of the season, um, mm. which we haven't for, for quite a few years. Yeah, exactly. Moving in the right direction, certainly. Exactly. Um, I'm really interested to hear what you're going to say next because about my usual question on the show, you know, who, who are your top three most hated clubs? And I suppose, again, there's a few ways you can answer this question, isn't it? It's, it's the club's response or probably you as a person because, you know, having, as you say earlier, you know, moved to the south, you know, you, you might hate, say, Gillingham, for example. I don't know. Um, so how, how have you kind of thought about this? And, and I suppose you can reveal your top three uh, as well. Yeah. So the number one goes without saying. Do you want to do number three first? Should we have a build-up? Okay. Uh, no, let's do number one. Let's, right. get, let's, let's get number one out of the way first. Um, <laughs> oh, no. just get, I just want to get them out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> He's a horrible club. Yeah. Um, and that's, of course, Derby County. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the local rivalry um, you know, goes without saying. People, some, you know, some people think that it's Notts County. It really isn't. You know, we, mm. we, don't play, we don't really play against Notts County. Uh, we've loaned players out there. Um, yeah, because they're quite so they, a friendly, club, friendly um, relationship, don't they? The two Nottingham clubs. Like, do, do in, you think in, in a in a in a way mm. uh, in a way mm. they do? Um, the the old chairman of Notts County, that's his name slipped my mind at the moment. Is he tried to cause mm. a bit of a stir recently? Um, but yeah, really, it's Derby County. We're not mm. we're not talking about Notts County. We're talking about Derby yeah. County, but it's really been. Um, you know, it's really been Derby that have been in the same league as us for the last whatever it is, fifty, sixty mm. years. That's since the rivalry start, and obviously there's um, there's the history of um, with Brian Clough being there. Mm. Um, you can't you know you can't be on a, Not- a Nottingham Forest pod without mentioning Brian Clough. Mm. Um, 
So you know, we have the Brian Clough Trophy. The um, you know, we've, it's been 977 days. I looked this morning since Derby mm. last scored against Forest, mm. um, which is great. Which seems like you know the um, tables are turning a little bit because in recent you know quite recent history they've probably been it's probably fair to say that they have been better than us. Mm. Um, but they're just a ridiculous club, really, aren't they? The, you know, the record for the lowest number of Premier League points. Um, <laughs> the whole mess of Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett earlier this season with the uh, the car incident, which got um, club captain Keogh sacked. Yep. Um, Mel Morris and his association with Candy Crush. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather for refrigeration units than uh, than Candy Crush. What about um, what about what about Rooney <laughs> joining as well? Because I mean, what that they've got around financial fair play with that basically. Um, what what are they call thirty two red is that thirty two red? That's it. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, they they basically funded this transfer, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's I think it's a little bit embarrassing, really. Yeah, and, and I I think I'm probably only saying that because it is Derby. If it, you know, if it was us, I'd be finding every loophole possible. But um, it's the, the Rooney one's difficult for me, and it's it's similar to, to the whole Lampard thing of mm-hmm. last season or the season before, whenever he joined Derby. These two players are obviously supported being a um, you know following it is supporting England. So it's. It's it's difficult because I do like I do like both of the players. Yeah. Um, but obviously the way around um, the, the thirty two red is um, mm. yeah it's just I don't, I don't know a bit tin pot really isn't it's it? It's a, a bit plastic about it and fake isn't it yeah it's um exactly that. we play them on Saturday so by the time this comes out let's hope for a a, a home win uh, for the Lions. Yes, let's, let's. So what about your so number two then who's that Ben? So. Number two, three, and what would probably be four, five, and six are pretty, pretty close to each other. Um, mm-hmm. And I've gone for something that probably not most Forest fans would say, and that's Leeds. Mm. I just hate Leeds. Um, <laughs> you know, I th- and I think for me, it's probably because there's a lot of similarities between the clubs. Um, they were once a, a very good side, um, you know, steeped in history, um, as we we you know we are or have been. Um, both clubs dropped down to League One and are now doing okay and pushing for the Premier League again. Um, in terms of Yorkshire and Nottinghamshire, there's a quite a bit of his, history with the whole minor strike, which um, is of course before our time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not particularly liked by both uh, both the Sheffield clubs, uh, Barnsley as well, and a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that the, the the whole thing around Leeds would have taken more and that constant drone of yeah, the fans thinking that they seem to be far more superior than anybody else. Mm. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just don't really, really like them as a club. And um, I'm probably, it's probably fair to say I'm still a bit salty about the, the Kemar Roof handball at the, um, in the fixture last season, where after the game, he, admit, you know, he admitted that he, he pushed it in with his, his, his arm. Um, and it's just, you know, it's blatant cheating. And that's probably one of the reasons why I just I just don't particularly like Leeds. And I, yeah, I think loads of teams just don't like Leeds. <laughs> well, in the last two shows, you know, I don't think Leeds has been in anyone's top three, but they've certainly got an honourable mention uh, with Chelsea and, and Wolves as well. Chris Chris mentioned them too, and yeah, yeah they would be close if I were to do this one. They 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 could well be in my top three, or certainly an honourable mention. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I don't I don't know. I think I don't know what it is about them. I think it's just. I think it probably is this just this this I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Um, 
this blind allegiance to thinking that they are this this massive club still that you've kind of touched on there to be fair mm. and um it's nice just to stick you know stick a few goals in and beat them and just go look you're not that mm. big um yeah. But they might be back in the Premier League next season, so we'll see. Um, I think they probably deserve to be in the Premier League, mm. and I'd like to see how Bielsa does in the Premier League. But that's, but that's um, the thing, because I hate them. But actually, I think it'd be great to see them back in the Premier League. And I'd miss playing them, because it is always a spectacle when you're um, playing Leeds. You know, it always gets a bigger attendance than usual. Um, you know, fans will probably you know make the journey up there than if they were say going to a nearby team uh, you'd see more going to Leeds for example and um, there's always a good atmosphere at games and it's quite a rip-roaring match especially you know Mill Leeds for example which sounds like it is with Forest as well so that you know I will miss sort of playing them to be fair and we've had some good results uh, against them recently but but yeah it just feels like the only good thing about them getting up as well, as you say, interesting to see how Bielsa will do. But I also feel like they are quite a traditional club. And I think the Premier League misses that tradition. You know, and I'd probably describe Forrest as a bit of a traditional supporting club as, as well. You know, you, you see the little tin pot teams like Bournemouth, for example. Get a Leeds up there, ruffle a few feathers. You'll be good. Yep, completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. And, then, cool. and then number three for me... Um, and you mentioned it into it at the start of this little section and that's mm. being where I'm based. And so where I'm based is um, between Surrey, on the border of Surrey and, and southwest London. Um, mm. So for me, it's it's Chelsea. Um, yeah. And probably unlike Don, Don, Don mentioned in the last pod that um, he doesn't know an awful lot of Chelsea fans. I have the what, what's not a luxury of knowing quite a few, um, <laughs> and they're they're a bit like Leeds in a way. I'd say mm. in that the, the fans, the, what the guys that I know, you know, I mean, WhatsApp groups with a few, and they just seem to think that they're just they're still an um, unbelievable team. Mm. Um, and just you know, there's one guy in particular. I'm probably putting Chelsea in there because of one guy actually. Um, <laughs> and there's one guy in particular that I um I know name and shame. I'm not going to name him. More um, beef, but <clears throat> yeah, you need that extra one listener, so I don't want to. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to throw him off. Um, but he's he's deadly serious when he thinks that the the core of Chelsea and the youth that, that Frank's bringing through and and the you know the English core that he's kind of building, he genuinely thinks that they are you know the next level. Um, mm. He's he said that there should be six or seven of them that should be making it, what would have been the England you know Euro squad for. Um, what, what would have been this year? He genuinely mm. thought that Mount, you know, Mason Mount is the best attacking midfielder that England have got, and that Hudson Odoi mm. will be pushing or should be pushing Sterling um, or, or Sancho, mm. um, thinking that Tamori is the best centre back. Um, and uh, good ways, it's exactly, not, ex- exactly that. And, it, and not yet. Do you know what I mean? One day maybe, but not not yet. I, we certainly. I mean, I haven't seen enough from Hudson Odoi at all. Everyone talking about. You know him being the next big thing, but you know what he hasn't done much, has he? I mean, he's had a few he niggles again. Yeah. He beat he beat me at five aside at goals Wimbledon a couple of years ago, and that's all he's done. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but then there's there's, there's people like Loftus Cheek, who um, yeah. I think is a good player, but obviously been um, mm. struggled with with injuries um, in the last season or so. Um, and then there's um, you know, Barkley and Abraham, the other um, English guys. Um, so they've got, you know, got some good players, but I don't think any of them are particularly near the starting eleven for England. No. Um, and because of his passion towards how good he thinks that they are, um, it, for me, it's just a, I don't know. I just think that um, 
a little bit deluded. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the but, most an- annoying thing about some fans is that delusion, isn't it? Um, and I think, you know, it's hard to take people seriously when they're like that. Just this sort of, say, like blind loyalty and, and just can't even think their team's the dog's bollocks when actually if you take yeah. a step back, they're not really. Exactly. And I think for me as well, the fact that there's a few players I mentioned there, Frank Lampard, manager, Tamori, centre-back, and Mason Mount, centre-attacking mid. Yeah, what they all got in common, that they used to be at Derby County, which, mm. um, as I said a minute ago, they're my most hated club. So that's probably why they, um, they are warranting a top three for me. But then there's other clubs like Liverpool. You know, there's a history of Liverpool, mm. um, given the, the old European... Um, ties that we used to have so they could have been in there but or, or Leicester who think that they're they're rivals with um, all of the the Midlands but no one really cares about um, but yeah they're my um, they're my top three what time of year is it Ben no idea Merry Christmas oh wow oh wow I was hoping you'd accept the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so you scored um, six or seven. I mean, <laughs> six or seven. <laughs> Welcome along to the Call Yourself a Fan quiz. I'm here with another contestant today, Ben Coleman, a Nottingham Forest fan. Uh, he is, of course, our fifth guest, looking to get on the leaderboard. Um, just to remind you, the leaderboard so far in our quiz, Will Gain top with 10, Matt Maynard and Chris Page joint on seven, Don Bailey coming up the rear <laughs> on four marks. Um, so to those of you who might not have heard the show before, Ben has no idea of this, uh, what I'm going to do in this quiz. So I've created a little round and I'm going to reveal the topic to him now. So it's going to be about how much do you know your stadium, the city ground? Oh, well, can I have right. um, Crystal Palace squad numbers? Do you think you'd have got 10 in that? You wouldn't have got Calvin I would, Andrew. I would have got more than the city ground. Would you? Well, we'll see. We'll see what the questions are, won't we? We'll see what the questions are. Right. Question one. The city ground sits on the banks of which river? The River Trent, Michael. £100. Question two. To the nearest 100, what is the current capacity of the ground? It's 30,000. What is it? 30,000, let's say 385. That's, that's correct. It's 30,445, but that's within 100, so I'll accept that. Two out of two so far. Question three. Um, the ground could let a few additional numbers in during the 1960s uh, with the club's record attendance against, I believe, Manchester United in 1967. What was the attendance that day? Biggest ever. can't remember being at that one. Um, oh, your dad will be there now. Go in and go, I'm on, Ben. Yeah. Um, um, let's go with 54,000. Can't accept. It's 49,900. Oh, Not bad. Not bad, reckon. though. 
Um, question four. Nottingham Forest and Notts County have the two closest football grounds in England, being 300 yards apart, but not in the UK. Do you know which city in the UK has the two grounds? Is it, uh, is it, is it Dundee? Correct. Correct. Yep. Um, that's three out of four so far. Doing very well, Ben. Um, question five. Name a country to have played at the county ground in Euro 96. County ground or the city ground? City ground. <laughs> the city ground. They played at Swindon. I'm going to say, let's say France. That's wrong. So it was actually a group of Turkey, Portugal or Croatia. Three games were played there at the county ground in a uh, fuck's sake city ground in Euro 96. <laughs> I mean, yeah, terrible. See, this is why this quiz is tin pot. I was going so well, actually. First four questions, then, uh, you know, fuck the actual ground name up in question five. But question six. In 2010, why was Nottingham Forest's plans for a new stadium scrapped? Was it to do with a boat club? The um, like there's a rowing club right next door, <laughs> and they couldn't that? get the permission. Yeah, it's a row. That's so. It's a bit of a tangent Is here, it? but we're, we're we're looking at redeveloping the ground at the moment, and yeah. The, the, yeah, I think the only reason that they've been able to do so is because they've had the permission of the the rowing club, and they said that they'll build them some new um some new sheds or whatever boats going down the um. <laughs> further down the river but i'm that guessing that's the wrong answer <laughs> that is wrong it's actually yeah a bit bigger than that um it was because the 2018 world cup was awarded to russia instead of england because the city ground would probably have been one of england's stadiums um but because they england didn't win the bid of course forest uh, scrapped their new stadium fans i think they were going to build like a 50,000 seater outdoors maybe beeston or somewhere I remember the I remember yeah. the plans and what it looks like. But I had no idea that that was the reason. Yeah, there you go. Call yourself a fan, teaching fans about their club, right? So he's got yeah three out of six so far. Question seven: The Peter Taylor stand was previously known as what? It's the main stand. Correct. Four four marks. Question eight: The count. Oh, for fuck's sake, why have I written the county ground? I've written the county ground three times. Uh, the city ground hosted two women's FA Cup finals in 2007 and 2008. Which side won both? Arsenal. Correct, Arsenal ladies. That's five. Question nine. The city ground falls in which Nottingham postcode? NG2. Correct, six. And the final question, question 10. In 1937, were you around? Oh. Don't remember it, no. <laughs> Forrest had their biggest ever defeat at the city ground, losing to Blackburn Rovers. What was the score? I'm going to say 9-0. Oh, it's close. 9-1. Oh, that's my second guess. Was it? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, well I, 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 the reason I said that is because I know we we got turned over eight one by Man United when in that game where I don't know if you remember it when um, Cole, Dwight uh, Dwight York and Andy Cole were both on two goals each. Yeah. Um, and they they wondered who was going to get the hat trick, and then Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comes off the bench and scores four. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we I know we lost eight one. So I didn't you know. Close. Yeah, not bad, not bad. So you got six out of ten, better than you thought. Yeah, I'd take that. I'd take that. Some difficult Good. questions there, given that not many of them are about Forest, but um, 
Dundee. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> Good it. Good question. <laughs> Dun- right. Dundee. Dundee, the, uh, the, women's, the women's FA Cup. And um, there was another one in there, which was madness. But yeah, anyway, I'm pleased with that. Let's do your worst 11. And this is probably a team which obviously you sent to me before. And it's just for context, listeners, if you've not heard this, it's the worst 11 in the time that Ben has supported the club. So um, he's probably got a few stories about the, the particular players. Um, so first worst 11, I think I've not heard of a few. So I've had to do a bit of research on them. But um, on the face of it, it looks like quite a, an interesting slash shocking selection. Um, but you've gone for a 3-4-3. Any reason behind that? We, like Dom's um, last time out with Chelsea, we've had a load of terrible strikers and I needed a way of shoehorning as many as possible into the uh, into the eleven. So we've got a few wingers in the in the four Fair that enough. maybe could be strikers and uh, yeah, just as many as possible. Let's start with your goalkeeper then. Who have you gone for here? So on this one, I've gone for a guy called Khalid Al-Rashidi. Um, He's probably one of the few that you mentioned that you don't know, didn't know who he was. That's um, you've probably seen him as many times as I have as well. Um, <laughs> but the reason that he's in is more for, the, I guess, more for the story to do with him. Um, he pretty much sums up the year under Fawaz Al Wasawi um, pretty well, um, and that's because he's he's a guy from Kuwait. He was brought in as a tri- initially on a trial period. I think it was for a month or so with mm. two other players from Kuwait. Um, Originally, really, to try and get a bit more exposure to the club in his in his home country, yeah. um, the three of them didn't get work permits, um, but so it's obviously couldn't sign. <laughs> and then in the January after, I think it was like six months later, in the January after, we suddenly were linked with Al Rashidi again, and mm. um, he ended up signing. Um, so I kind of expected, yeah. you know, what's what's going to happen here? He's, he's been after him for a while. He's a goalkeeper that's actually scored a goal as well previously. Um, yeah. So you know what 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 we're going to expect, um, and what we did um, you know, go on to expect was him to have one appearance on the bench, not even come off the bench. Um, so nobody actually knows what he looks like, um, which is why he's which is why he's in the team. But it probably really should have gone to a guy called Vladimir Stojkovic, who was Serbia's number one uh, previously of mm-hmm. Wigan, because in the two thousand about two thousand sixteen two thousand seventeen that kind of time. We had a horrendous defence and goalkeeper. We were conceding an average of two a game. Yeah. Um, you know, the bloke couldn't catch. He couldn't kick. <laughs> um, he was just truly a terrible goalkeeper. So, um, Al Rashidi just pips him just purely because of the, um, the story mm. there. I mean, Q8 isn't known for its footballing talent, is it, as well? So the fact that, I mean, that, that's just delusional, isn't it? Maybe the chairman thinking that perhaps these players might be good enough is just mm. madness. And um, these are the clubs he's played for, which kind of made me uh, chuckle. So um, Al Tadamon, Tatran Prezov, Al Arabi, Nottingham Forest, Al Salmir and Quadisia, where he still actually plays. Um, but it's just such an anomaly having Nottingham Forest in that list. Um, it's strange. Let's um, go on to your right back. Who have you gone for here? This is probably the first of a few controversial decisions based on ability. Sure. Um, he's, you know, in terms of if it was based on purely ability, he wouldn't be in the team because he's actually not too bad. Um, the reason he's in the team is because of the story behind how we signed him and why we signed him. 
Mm. Um, he was signed. It was a guy signed by I think it was Stuart Pearce during the height of the transfer embargo, um, which you know you may remember. And yep. it just makes a massive mockery of the team of the club. Um, he was signed because he was won by a fan in a Sky transfer um, uh, like competition. And um, and yeah, I distinctly. What was this about? I did... <laughs> I don't really know. There wasn't much said about it. The only mm. thing that I do remember about it is the, you know, the fact that we've got Todd Kane, you know, ex uh, or former Chelsea youth. Mm. Um, you know, he, he joined, and rather than having the classic photo of um, you know, with a, a scarf in the stands mm. or a picture of a shirt um, with his name on on the on the pitch, he was stood in front of one of those um, interview boards that like, Sky yeah. have, which said Sky. I can't remember what it was. Transfer funded. Sky transfer funded. And on mm. the back of his shirt, rather than having Kane, he had transfer funded. And the look <laughs> on his face was, you know, it was it was so straight. It was almost pissed off to be there. Pissed off yeah, to be associated yeah, yeah. with the competition. Mm. Um, so for that reason, he makes a team. I did see him. I was I went to the Kion Prince Foundation or Loftus Road early this season and uh, early this season. Um, and we beat them 3-0. And I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals. He didn't look mm. too bad. But, um, but yeah, as I said, it's not based on ability for this one. It's just purely because it's you know, a ridiculous story. Yeah, yeah. He's not a bad little player because he plays at QPR now, right? I think he signed yeah, there so. last season. I think he's their, their starting right back. So, um, yeah, what a strange story in that so against modern football. You know, exactly that's that. uh, a bit of a horrible thing. Um, fine, uh, your centre back, yeah, one of another player I'd not heard of before. Yeah, so he actually retired this week um, from professional football. Um, yeah. He's he was he didn't he, I think he played fifteen or sixteen games for us, um, maybe a few more. Um, and he so he signed and didn't play the first game since he was signed, and that was we. We lost four. Sorry, we won four three at home to Burton Albion, which um, obviously it's a win, but shows that defence wasn't particularly good. But he wasn't part of it that day. Um, mm-hmm. We then played Brighton away the following game, which I went to, and I remember so we lost three nil. And I remember sitting there thinking, "Who the hell is this bloke that's been brought in mm-hmm. to shore up the defence that conceded three against Burton Albion? He's probably the slowest player I think I've ever seen. Um, he doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing." He didn't, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I thought it's his you know, first game in English football. Um, and I went to Brentford on the Tuesday or the Wednesday after that. Um, and I thought, give him the benefit of that. Never played English football before. You give him, set, set, yeah, give, give him a, a couple of games. Time. Yeah, That's yeah. it, exactly that. And we went 1-0 down. And it, wasn't, it, it wasn't his fault. Um, but then he got sent off for a second yellow in the, it was about the 82nd, 85th minute, something like that. So a few minutes left. And I remember, if you've ever been to Griffin Park, the tunnels in the corner. Um, yeah. And I remember him getting sent off at the opposite end um, to where the tunnel is. And I've never seen somebody walk so slowly off a football pitch. It's as if, you know, we're 1-0 mm. down. It's all Get off. The third, yeah, yeah. third game of the season, there's mm. plenty to play for, trying to get an equaliser. And the Forest fans in the, um, in the terrace of Brentford, which I'm going to miss mm. when, when that goes next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, the Forest fans were screaming expletives at him, get, get, get off, off yeah, the pitch, yeah. get off the pitch. And mm. he, yeah, I remember slow him clapping the fans, thinking that they were shouting his name. <laughs> um, he got he got sort of two metres from the edge of the pitch and then realised that um, 
you know, people flipping the bird, it isn't a case of cheering his name and uh, <laughs> realised what was going off and uh, or what was going on and, and sprinted off the pitch and sort of raised an apologetic hand to say, you know, sorry for sorry for what I've done. Um, yeah, went yeah. On to, to lose one nil, but um, yeah, a truly, you know, truly terrible centre back. <laughs> and um, yeah, he was most recently playing. I don't think. Did you say his name, by the way? <laughs> did I say his name? I don't, I don't know, think you did. I, think, you know, I thought that was the intro. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> was the intro. That was the intro. Um, yeah. So, um, listeners, you have to now guess who that is. Um, no, that's um, that was a guy called Damien Pequis, who um, yeah. I said he retired this week. Yeah, he was uh, most recently playing in uh, League Two for Gazalek. Um, Ajekio, probably pronounced that wrong, but never mind. Um, cool. Uh, left back, I have heard of this player, so yep. far away. So he, I think he was featured in week one with Matt um, as a Matt honourable yep. mention Maynard. Um, yep. It was... Um, <laughs> it, Eve was, three. Exactly. It was, uh, <laughs> it was... Come on, let's get this beef going. Come on, you get more, Mate, more followers. You've got your shovel out tonight, just all these little pigs. I have. Um, no, um, and that's that's Armand Traore. Um, right. He's we've always, uh, always I think we've, we've we've always struggled for left back since Stuart Pearce, um, who of course club legend, one of the best um, left backs that England have ever had. Um, yeah. So again, big big shoes to fill. Uh, we had Alan Rodgers for a while. Did okay. Julian Bennett did okay when when we um, win League One, but we've never really had anybody that cemented that space. Um, Yuri Ribeiro this season not doing a bad job. Um, we went to the low market for Bertrand and Nicky Shorey and Koncheski. Um, but then we we signed um, Traore and I thought it actually might be not bad signing. It'll bring might bring a little bit to the to the dressing room in terms of experience, given that he'd been at Arsenal and, and Juve prior to being at Forest. Um, yeah. But he quite clearly just has an attitude problem. Um, mm. I think Matt alluded to him in week one. Um, was he was he a bad player though? Was he? He's. I remember him being really lazy and he was yeah. part of that team that um, I mentioned earlier that shipped loads of goals. Yeah. Um, I don't think we really knew where to play him, whether that was left as a left of a back four or left of a back, left centre back of a back three. Um, he just always seemed to be out of position. Mm. Um, and if you watch video clips back of goals conceded, it's, it's quite often his man that, that has, has got away. Um, and he yeah. just didn't look bothered. Um, which is why, you know, why he, I think rightly so should be in the, the, the team. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's um, aged, aged only 30 still. I mean, he's one of them players, I think, because he came on the scene so early in his career, I suppose you feel that he's been around for, you know, you expect him to be older than that, but he's a free agent at the moment. He had a short spell at Cardiff again in January of this year. I think it was like a month's contract, but then they released him from it. Right, we're on to the midfield now. So, should we start with your right-sided midfielder? Yeah, and this one is—I I feel a little bit bad for putting this guy in. And yeah. it's another one that's because of, it's another one because of the story more than yeah. um, him actually as a player. Because away from Forest, he had—he's he's still got quite—I think he's still got a, quite a good career. Oh yeah. Um, he, he only actually signed for Forest on loan, played six games, scoring one. Didn't feature him that many games, but I remember. At the end of his loan, I wanted to um, to sign him up. He offered us something different, um, but it's after that. So that was in 2010. His loan. It was after that, and it was in 2013. And it's um, 
when we tried to sign him permanently, and that's George Boyd. Um, and you might remember, so he, three years after being on loan, he, he was meant to have a medical at Forest on the last day mm. of the January transfer window. He only had six months left on his contract. Darren McAnthony wanted a fee. Uh, we were interested. Palace were interested. Um, a few others were you know, involved as well. Um, but, but given that he'd been at Forest and I think he quite liked the club, he um, opted to go for a medical um, at the city ground or the county ground, mm. as you like to call it. Yeah. Um, and um, he failed based on a what they described as an inconclusive eye test, which mm. is is it's just ridiculous. And yeah. This yeah. is absolute you know, peak fawaz, really. Um, and what what's come out since is that apparently, so it was Alex McLeish that wanted him, who um, you know, he thought he was a good player. Um, but Alex McLeish was potentially on his way out and the person mm. to replace McLeish was going to be Billy Davis and he didn't like him or didn't want him. Um, so they just had to put something on it as to why he needs to fail it. So yeah, obviously it was, to a, yeah. To an eye test, which is really unfair. And mm. I think there was a, a couple of weeks later, he scored a goal from the halfway line. Um, oh, was that when he did like the glasses celebration? I've got memories was. of that. Yeah. It, was. <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's for that reason, because you know made a, mockery out of our club yet again mm. um, before Farah's made a mockery of our club yet again he's, but I mean it would have been a good sign he's, I think he's a super player I used to love watching him kind of in his pomp certainly a few years ago in the football league because yeah. obviously Millwall played the Peterborough and others quite regularly um, but yeah he's a very you know really smart silky kind of player wasn't he very smooth um, really nice to watch and obviously he had a spell in the Premier League as well um, so Probably wouldn't have been a bad signing. Um, he's he's now thirty four. He's actually back at Peterborough now. I imagine just seeing seeing out his career. Um, but you know, I think um, he's had some injury problems. I think recently as well. But um, yeah, a harsh certainly on ability to be in there. But I think for the story, it does sum up the farcical nature of some of the dealings at Forest uh, over the last few years. We, we um, have a bit of a tendency to absolutely rattle Darren McAntony as well, which um, which mm. is great. So there's obviously this, and then there was Brett Sombolonga. Apparently, Mr. Fawaz um, didn't pay for Brett Sombolonga, and uh, yeah, Darren McAntony doesn't particularly like Forest for those two reasons. Well, um, there, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Peter in the playoff final tomorrow, League One playoff final. Oops. Uh, yeah. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Be watching Wickham, Wickham Wanderers, baby. <laughs> Right, um, central midfielder. Um, you got two obviously here. Um, yeah, I don't suspect you've heard of the first. Um, no. another one that had pretty weak uh, Arsenal links, and that's a guy called Carl Basilo. Um, mm. played at final with an Arsenal youth. We signed him, another one that came on loan, only had a handful of appearances. Um, most notable of them was at um, then Loftus Road. Um, yeah. under Friedman, Dougie Friedman. Um, he came on as a sub at nil-nil. Um, within a couple of minutes of coming on, we were one-nil down. He lasted 15 minutes off the, on the pitch and was taken off. A um, couple of minutes after being taken off, Lansbury scored a penalty after um, a cock-up between Needham Neuer and uh, Rob Green. Who if, Have you seen Rob Green's hair at the moment, by the way? <laughs> no. Have, have a look done? at that. After, have a look at that after the pod. He's got like a goatee and a mohawk, which uh, for somebody that seems quite placid, as, as Rob Green's been described, it's uh, yeah, interesting. Um, but and then the winner, we thought so. We scored a winner to one-two-one, and Nelson Oliveira scored the winner 
Um, and he's the player that came on for Carlin Batillo. And so he lasted 15 minutes, conceded. Then after he got taken off, we scored two. So um, probably a good decision by by uh, Friedman then. So I don't think we saw him after that. So you might want to go and check down at the Kai and Prince to see if he's you know, still in the change room drowning his sorrows. Yeah, doing really, yeah, it's never nice. I expect he was quite young then because now he's he's still only 26 years old. So he must have been obviously quite a youngster then. And he plays for um, Excelsior in the Dutch second division. So, um, yeah, certainly a lower standard than, than the championship. Um, your next player, who I forgot what a multi position person this was until I looked him up. Um, yeah, who have you gone for here? So he's, he is a utility man. Yeah, I remember yeah, Football Manager 2007, 2008, you'd sign him to cover so many bases um, <laughs> because he was so versatile. But this is another one that's probably probably harsh, doesn't deserve to be anywhere near this 11. Um, not a bad bloke, met him in Portsmouth, went from one circus at Portsmouth to another circus at Forest, mm. um, and that's uh, Greg Halford. Um, and the reason that he's in the team is because um, he's very much a round peg in a square hole. Um, no one knew where to put him. Um, yeah. you know, he's, he's very versatile, but not, he's, he's not particularly good in any position. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that was every manager that managed him, he, he didn't know where to put him. I, I saw yeah. a, um, an article that said that he played in every position for Forrest apart from in goal, um, <laughs> which can be a positive or it can be a negative. I know um, yeah. Billy Davis played him up front as the lead striker um, mm. for a while. And he, he said that he, Billy Davis described him as predominantly as a front man, which mm. um, he must have seen something. He didn't score a goal in his career, though. Like, he barely he, scored yeah, a goal. He's, he's, um, he's, yeah, he's, he must have seen something in training that nobody else mm. had seen. Um, so it's, but it's unfair that he's in the team, but it just nobody knew where to put him. Didn't really do anything. Um, the best thing that he did for Forrest was absolutely rattle Derby fans. Um, mm. And you might remember a few years ago, Derby were, had loads of injuries and they had a game against Cardiff. So Halford after Forest moved, uh, moved to, to Cardiff. Um, and Derby had loads of injuries and they got the game called off because of snow. Um, mm. And uh, they had the, cl- the club shop was still open, but apparently there was too much snow to open the facilities. Um, and Halford rattled the Derby fans by taking a picture of the car park. They said they'd been in the hotel the night before. Take a picture of the car park saying... You know, need mm. a pl- snow plough to get through the snow today for the game. Not surprised it's called off. Called off, and <laughs> you know, you could, there's not a single what they call droplets, flakes, snow. Yeah, snow. yeah, yeah. Completely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's completely, completely open. So mm. it just goes to show how much of a and reiterates the waste of a club that Derby is. So um, <laughs> didn't fancy it, did they? Yeah, kudos uh, yeah. to uh, to Halford for that. A few honourable mentions. So Danny Sonner being one, 2003-04, um, always passed the ball backwards. Didn't see him pass the ball forwards once. Um, Kasami, who scored that screamer for um, for uh, Fulham against Palace, uh, mm. we were expecting the same when he joined Forest, and just never, never really took off. Yeah. Um, and then Jonathan Greening could probably throw his name in there, despite looking like Jesus when he was at Forest. <laughs> miracles. Um, gag. Um, so, yeah, but so, so, so for me, the, the two midfielders, Carl Embasillo and Halford, um, to, you know, take the slots. Good stuff. Fair enough. Um, and what about your um, final uh, midfielder, left midfielder there? So another one that's quite recent, and that's um, Nicolau Dimitru. Uh, made only mm. 12 appearances for Forest. Joined on loan from, um, from Napoli. 
So it's another one, a bit like Traore. You look at their their history, and they've been at some quite big clubs, and you get quite excited by them. Yeah. Um, but it is it's another one that's a, there's a reason why they've got rid of him. Um, and he, I mean, he was t- dreadful. He was like Bambi on ice. Mm-hmm. Um, he, as I said, he didn't have many appearances, so it's it's um, difficult to judge exactly. But the, what we did see of him was horrendous. Um, you know, it's it's we expected so much, and he delivered so little. Um, so that's why he makes the team and probably the less said about him the better yeah fair enough he's yeah 28 years old plays at gas metan medias in the romanian first division so again like what i found with actually with a lot of these worst 11 picks even during doing the podcast it's it's always down from the club we're talking about and that, that certainly is down um you've gone obviously for a front three um let's start for with one of your strikers then yeah, so another one that you might not have known of, but Forrest will know, uh, know him for looking like on YouTube that he could have potentially won the Ballon d'Or. Um, this guy called Rafik Jabour. So um, another shambles of a signing from Fawaz. Um, he was signed alongside Danny Fox and uh, a guy called Kevin Gomez, who probably could have been in this 11 as well. Yeah. Um, and because of that, as a YouTube, he could have... Um, I was getting really excited by Jabour. He was he was nicknamed the terrorist for terrorising defenders. So that's dodgy. That <laughs> it, is, it is dodgy. It is very dodgy. And not by English fans. Well, apparently he does a. Although I think he only scored one goal for Forest. He also does a machine gun celebration. That's it. I don't know if you saw that. That's it. So I don't know if you saw in his research who the goal was against and how it went in. Um, but it was against Yo- it was against Yeovil Town and it bounced off his cock. <laughs> <laughs> so, did he did um, he get the machine gun out? He did, yeah. He got he the got, machine gun out. Yeah, he got his little the, gun out. He got his little gun out. Exactly <laughs> that. Um, and then we didn't see it again. Another one that we didn't see much after. Didn't um, see what again? The gun. The gun. Little, him. Anything like that. Um, he, he he joined a similar sort of time for to his Algerian guy. Joined a similar time to yeah. um, um, a guy called Jamal Abdoun, who another who could have been in this team. Um, and both were dropped for being really, really lazy. Um, having the a common theme of this is people that are in my team are because they have a, a, a bad attitude. Um, yeah. So I think I think we I think it was another dodgy Fowers transfer where it was a case of signed on loan with a view to a permanent, and then it got to the permanent, and we decided that we didn't want it, and then realised mm. that we hadn't signed him on loan. We'd actually signed him on a permanent anyway. So. Um, shelled out a couple of million or whatever it was and uh, yeah. I think we just cut, cut our losses in the end and just terminated the contract yeah fair enough yeah he's um, <clears throat> currently 36 free uh, free agent um, he's playing in the French non-league so I'm guessing his career is pretty much done um, the next one uh, who have you going for? yeah probably one a bit more um, more well known for you um, Nicholas Bentner complete parody of a player um, another one that you probably don't need to hear much about because mm. um, you already know a lot, a lot about him anyway. Um, I like Troy Alway, had um, Arsenal Juve on his CV. Um, just an ego player, really. Didn't back mm. it up with performances, which was common throughout his career. Um, there was one real notable appearance that he did have where he scored an own goal against Derby. Um, mm. And we lost 3-0. And he also hit his own woodwork um, against Derby. <laughs> so nearly scored two own goals. So, um, I just think he, he's not my kind of player, so he's um, mm. yeah, makes it as the, the central striker of the front three. The B52, shame, Lord Bentner. Um, 
Yeah, quite a big signing joining from Wolfsburg as well, where he did okay. Um, but now he's 32, and I think he's a free agent as well, recently playing for a Copenhagen, and not even they wanted him. So I think his career is probably coming to a close as well, unless he goes to uh, the uh, UAE or maybe the US. Um, we'll see. Now, your final player, who have you gone for? Yeah, so speaking of you know, careers coming to a close, and this, this player, his career came to a close probably a bit prematurely. Um, it's another one that it's not an ability. It's just about what happened. Um, it's Matty Fryer. I kind of go yeah. in, wave, in waves with him. Um, I th- always thought he was a really good player at, at Leicester and, um, and Hull. He was in the team that got to the FA Cup final with Hull. Um, mm. And it was just a little bit of a, a disappointment in that he just got injured um, and was just permanently injured. Um, we needed a bit of backup at the time for Britis on Belonga, and he was, I think he was brought in to, to offer that and just couldn't. Mm. Um, yeah. And it was a bit like, I think Don mentioned Winston Bogard. Um, mm. He got to a case of kind of sitting there and picking up a package, not not through his choice of his own. He was injured, but yeah, um, he was just sat there for two, over, I think it was over two years. He, he didn't play a game, just picked mm. up his, his salary, um, left with a bit of a, a bitter a bitter end. He, he apparently came out and said that um, there was managers at Forest that he didn't even meet. They didn't even know he was part of the team, didn't know he was part of the squad. Mm. Um, and he actually said something, good. was it last week or week before, about his treatment of um, and operations um, and Forrest not really seeming to care. So um, mm. it's not the one that's, you can't question his ability. It's, it's just, it was just maybe a little bit disappointing. Um, yeah. So yeah, shame really, but he, he makes the 11. Player. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, when he played for Leicester, when he was quite a bit younger, because he was another player who kind of peaked probably a bit earlier than you'd expect from the average player, maybe in his early 20s. And I think he was, he might be like the only player to score like over 20 goals before Christmas in the championship. He's got some sort of like record. Um, But yeah, and um, it's strange because I think he's suing the club now because um, he feels that they mismanaged his injury, which um, is is again, quite an interesting sort of thing. But anyway, yeah, he retired two years ago, obviously still with this injury and he currently coaches Walsall under 15s. Um, yeah, I think I think he came from Warsaw. I think he started his career. At yeah, Warsaw he's then. a Birmingham. He's a Brummy lad, I think. Um, right, but he he. It could have been so. Before we just jump in, there could have been mm-hmm. so many people that I said yeah, at the yeah. start of this section that you know there's people like Tuba, Akpom, Makeda, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Doby, Ishmael Miller, Eugene Daddy, um, even Neil Shipley. Absolute garbage. Said on he said on other uh, podcasts about his how bad his time was at Forest. And how he mm. just hated the club, but um, yeah, it didn't turn out too well for him, did it? Really, old, old chips. Um, but, oh, is that um, the old? Oh, I'm thinking of the same guy, aren't I? <laughs> you, are, you are thinking of the same guy. What time does this podcast get aired? Uh, <laughs> Please but, listen to um, it after nine pm. <laughs> but yeah, so he, um, that, any of those could have made the front three. So it's probably a bit unfair yeah. on them. Fry it. Fair enough. Let's um, pick your manager. Was this an easy choice? And then we'll we'll close out. Um, who have you gone for? I suppose you probably could have had a few then. Here, oh, we could have had a lot. Yeah. Um, so the one I've gone for is is one that he mentioned a lot on other podcasts about football. Um, yeah. Not just by Forest uh, ex Forest players, but other clubs as well. Um, he's it's Gary Mixon. So 
he took us down um, into League One. He took over from Joe Kinnear, who wasn't doing particularly well, but Harry Megson was the one that eventually took us down. And uh, you mentioned you think they need to strengthen up front. Is that the only area? Sorry? Is that the only area up front, um, having seen them well, over the last season, you think they need to strengthen up? magnificent midfield players, Toyota, Ben Affer, Yohan Kebab, Sissoko, they're very solid in that game, up front. He was then, <laughs> yeah, he's just, just, he's just a ridiculous manager. He's, he's, what, Kinnear or...? No, no, not Kinnear. So, um, Megson's just a ridiculous manager. Mm. He, um, he just, <laughs> the style of management from what I understand. So, yeah. um, various players said that he was just so anti-football. Um, he'd, he had a game called, um, it was called Murder Ball. If I yeah, right. at West Brom. Yeah. At West Brom. And I think he did something quite similar at Forest, which was a cross between like rugby and NFL. And, um, I you know, don't know too much about it, but players were getting injured, and it just wasn't mm. to do with you know it wasn't to do with football at all. Um, Alan Rogers, who was at a left, left back for a while, and he's been pretty particularly funny on other pods um, with his stories. Absolutely hated the bloke. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many stories that he had about him at Forest. Um, he managed him for a little bit at um, at Leicester as well, um, but he said that you know when he came in at Forest, he said there was a massive drinking culture, which it's probably true, um, yeah. and, but caused quite a stir, you know, completely cut out alcohol, brought in a dietitian and a fitness coach straight away, didn't ease it in, it was very... Um, this is what we're doing now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly that, and um, and the, the players just didn't take to him, um, Alan Rogers being one that was very vocal about it, you know, Rogers had said that he's, when he came in, the, the, after saying that there's no more, you know, crappy food, unhealthy food the following day alan rogers turned up with 40 bacon sandwiches and made a bit of a mockery <laughs> of it and um he got fined and told to train with the reserves um which is i mean it's probably justified but i don't think you just come in and change the culture of a team no. um, that quickly um he actually left the club when we were um we were just i think we were nearer to relegation than we were promotion in league one mm. Um, which goes to show that he didn't do a particularly good job. But my one of my distinct memories of him is when we went to Brighton, the old with Dean ground. Um, I remember him coming on, walking across the pitch, and another one where the, the tunnel was in the corner, it's a porter cabin in the corner, walks across the pitch, did the, a similar sort of wave to Damien Paquise, waving at the fans. But he was wearing a cap and a tracksuit. Yeah, do you remember his style? It was quite Poulis. I think he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was um, assistant. Uh, Poulis' assistant, wasn't he, before? Yeah. Say I say Poulis like I'm on that other podcast, but Poulis. Um, yeah, he's, and he's waving at the fans. And he looks like, he, I remember it really, really well. It looked like he was um, a dog walker flagging somebody down because he'd lost his dog. Because the, the, the Withdean Stadium, if you ever went there, was had a, a racetrack around it. It didn't see many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thousand. Yeah. It's in the middle of a park. Um, so, yeah, he just looked like lost and he probably... Um, Probably pretty apt, given that he was pretty lost as a. Um, yeah, he he was always a manager. Who just for me, seemed to just live off two past glories of getting West Brom promoted to the Premier League twice, which is you know pretty good. And they, I think they stuck with him. He went up, went down, then went back up. But you know, then to actually have a whole football career based on just that is not mm. not good enough. And clearly, his style never wasn't adaptable to other teams. Certainly. Um, and you know, Darren Huckabee actually talked about you know, why he signed for Norwich over Megson's West Brom. He treated seasoned professionals like 15-year-olds. And he told yeah. Megson on the sidelines he looked like a crazed animal. 
Um, but he's not up to much now, Megson. Um, Surprise. Anyway, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Ben. That's a, yeah, really enjoyed the conversation. Good to talk about the championship for once. And I know we're all looking forward to this weekend. Good luck in your game. Yep. Uh, hopefully, we're both celebrating wins. <laughs> Um, for the listeners, um, yeah, please do subscribe and leave us a review. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast. Um, follow us on Twitter at, at @yourselfpod, and we're contactable on email too. I'm expecting an email in from a couple of people to respond to this beef that we've had on today's show. Uh, call yourself a fan podcast at gmail.com. Next week we'll be speaking to my good friend Tommy. You know, uh, I've not actually asked him yet, but uh, hopefully you'll be up for it <laughs> on his time supporting West Ham, which. Um, will be a cracker so thanks again for joining Ben oh, cheers Mike and um, yeah hopefully you beat Derby on Saturday thanks a lot farewell listeners